Hello and welcome to They Did What Now, a show that discusses the ballsiest moves in all of history. Um, spectacular loophole abuses, hold my beer moments, and just general examples of what the fuckery that you don't learn about in history class. Introduction, pretty... yeah, it, it is what it is. I've had a long day. Um, so, with me today I have uh, Brian Cheadle. Hello. Uh, Brian is one of my favorite comedians. Um, I know I say, say that every time, but I did, like, literally, I think I mentioned the last time, just grab my favorite people and say, you're doing this! Um, which, which, and, and yet they, they're, they're still comfortable being around me, which is something I appreciate. Um, Brian has a really fresh take on the grumpy old man thing, which is really difficult to do. And I just, I, I envy you, your delivery so much. It's just so bombastic and it, it just, it builds tension really, well, really well. Thank you. The the trick is to be a genuine grumpy old man. Okay. Well, you know, maybe I'll I'll reach that stage one day. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to it. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to being elderly just so I can fuck with people. So I'm not a very good person. So I I really do just want to. I will shoplift absolutely everything. Like the second mm -hmm. I have enough gray hair for it to be plausible, I will just wander out of Tesco with my weekly shopping. And if questions, just kind of go, "What year is this?" Um, yeah, it's not, not something I'm entirely proud of, but I'm going to do it anyway. Let, let's, let's be honest. This is, this is my goal in life. This is where I want to be in, uh, 40 years time. I think we've got away with 40, having a bit of a quarter life crisis. Um, I'm turning 27 very soon and getting rid of all my big lighters. Um, so the way this works is... Uh, uh, my guest has a story that fits the introduction criteria. I have a story. Um, we're both going in cold, and we both have a um, a thirty second ele elevator pitch uh, for for each other just to uh, to kick things off. Uh, so, Brian, what is your pitch for me? Um, well, it's not thirty seconds, but um, if you can go under I have or over. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna not gonna give you the light. Uh, I have a piece here that I like to call The Little Ghost versus The League of Evil Musicians. That is that is an amazing pitch. I'm, I'm delighted about that. And um, mine is Runaway Handball Team Nearly Causes International Incident. Hmm. Yeah. That's very self-explanatory. Yep. Um, neither of us are, are sports fans. Nope. I think if there's one thing we have in common, it's a rather traumatic uh, flashbacks to secondary school PE classes. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless, unless you know, you're gonna tell me though. Actually, I was the Olympic pole vaulting champion. No, no, no. I was the guy. I was always picked last. Yeah, same. Um, and that was it's including the mandatory one really big fat guy and one really little skinny guy with with like big jug ears. Yeah, see, always got picked before me. I I had a few spine and asthma and glasses and you know really I just I just ticked all the nerd boxes and then then I was a smoker and then I've also got the the queer person thing of eyes front in the changing room eyes front in the changing room oh crap I've dropped something I'm just gonna have to blindly reach around on the floor with my eyes squeezed shut. Um, Brian is actually also the first straight guy we've had on this podcast. Yeah, that that was a super straight. Yeah, was the straightest there. voice I could possibly do. Yeah, well done, well done. I I definitely I believed it. 
Um, so, Brian, um, would you like to elaborate on that fabulous pitch? Mm. Yes. There's a little thing here uh, about the inventor of the saxophone. The inventor of the saxophone. Yeah. Um, I don't think not many instruments actually have an inventor. Most of them just evolve over time. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I never thought of it that way. I assume there's there was someone was the first guy to nail a bunch of strings to a box. Yeah, but they point. go back so far, I think it's difficult to know. Most yeah. of them have just been refined over the years. But the saxophone was invented in the 1840s That's by a Belgian lad called Adolf Sax. Adolf Sax. Okay, so so it was he did just give his name to it. This is yeah, Latin it's, for it's, really cool jazz. Song. No, it's like the sound of sax. The sound of sax. The sound of me, Adolf, <laughs> inventor of the this. A particularly loud guy, or um, he. I don't really know exactly what he was like. He made a, an insane amount of enemies in his life. Okay. And I, I don't think he really deserved it, but I didn't. I never met the guy. Okay, he might and have maybe, been a total jerk. There might have been something about him that just broke people up the wrong way. Um, so he was a he was a, um, a musician, apparently a virtuoso musician. Okay. And could have been a very famous musician. But apparently every time he played an instrument, he would just look at it and go, well, hang on. This could be better. You can improve this. I can okay. fix that bit. His parents actually were, they, they were in, musical instrument inventors. Okay. So they not were, just the saxophone. Um, no, he, well, he invented or augmented loads of other instruments. I think he might have invented a bass clarinet as well. Oh, cool. And um, he was pretty obsessed with it. Uh, but he was an inventor, mostly of uh, musical instruments, but he also did patent an artillery weapon, which he dubbed the Saxicanon. <laughs> the Saxicanon. <laughs> honestly, that's the least weird thing about his life. And, I love um, that. And I'm sure you, like everyone else who's listening to this, is just imagining a big giant saxophone and you blow in one end and a cannonball comes yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, I, I was, um, I, I've just uh, watched the Muppets movie, um, the 2011 version for another podcast. So I'm picturing Gonzo the Great popping out of it. <laughs> um, it's a it's a delightful image, and Ooh. thank you for thank you for thank you for that. That's that's put a real smile on my face. Saxicanon. Saxicanon. Well, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know if that ever got built, but um, so I'm going to focus on his life building uh, instruments, mostly the saxophone. But before I get to that. There's a whole section here about uh, about when he was a kid that is so insane that before we even get to okay. any of the musical instrument stuff, um, I just want to talk about when he was a kid. Okay. Before he even got, any, got anywhere near musical instruments, he had the craziest childhood. His mother dubbed him Little Sax the Ghost. Because Little he, Sax the Ghost. Because he was so accident prone, um, adding, he won't live. <laughs> it's a very ominous thing to say, but he was the little ghost anyway. So he won't live as in he's not going to look very closely crossing the, the road and get just hit by he, a carriage. Or yeah, just that he wasn't going to survive to adulthood. Going to die in the most Looney Tunes way possible, slipping on a banana peel and knocking over an no animal. You have no idea, MJ, how prophetic that is. Oh, wow. Let, okay. me, let, me, let me tell you some of these things. Okay, when he was a little kid, he fell down three flights of stairs. Okay. I don't even know how that's possible. I mean, yeah. one go. You think after the second one, you'd be like, oh, I can't believe uh, I fell down two uh, flights uh, of stairs. 
as someone who has um, fallen down two flights of stairs and then fell up the first <laughs> slight flight of stairs when I tried to, to recline, what generally happens is if there's a bend in the wall, you kind of ricochet off that wall. I was also a very clumsy kid and I am... <laughs> It is genuinely a miracle that I am alive today. <laughs> and how many instruments have you invented? There's still time. Right? <laughs> okay, there is I'm time. holding to my That's youth. Okay. I'm yeah. desperately, desperately right. old. Well, you know, youth and old age. <laughs> I, d- I just don't want to be the, the bit in the middle yeah. to skip that. Yeah, that's the dull part. Yeah, no offense. Oh, I'm way closer to the end in the middle. Fair, fair. Okay, he fell down three flights of stairs anyway. And he hit his head on a, a stone slab on the ground. And fell into a coma. Oh, God. Um, uh, another time, his parents, <laughs> before they made musical instruments, they made uh, furniture. Okay. And they varnished a load of furniture and left it in his room when he was a kid. That seems, if you know your son at all, that seems like a massive, massive... And he's almost suffocated from the fumes. And he fell into a coma again. <laughs> so how much of his childhood did he spend in a coma? Reasonable amount, I think. Because yeah, he was walking down the street one day. And apparently a slate tile fell off a roof and hit him on the head. And Did guess he what fall happened? Into a coma, Bingo! Brian. Yes. Oh my god. We have a winner. It feels yeah, this guy just wasn't meant to live. Was I he? know, yeah, the and ghost. It, it feels like his parents didn't really care about him very much. You know, it's just like the fumes thing is really putting me on it, it kind of seems I, like I think health and safety in the 1800s was maybe not what it is today. Okay, fair. He broke fair. his arm when he got stuck in a carriage door. He, he broke his leg when he fell off a cliff. He swallowed a six-inch needle, which passed through his body without incident. How, um, how does one... The rest of it I can get, and again, as an extraordinarily accident-prone person, um, I, I, I get a lot of this, but how... The needle thing. The needle. How does... Well, I how does one swallow? What was what chain of events? Led I don't up know. To that? But the fact that it passed through his body without incident actually makes it a good day for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could you could think of this guy as either the luckiest or unluckiest dude of the eighteen forties. I think, to a certain extent, he might have been asking for it. To wit. He was severely poisoned when he drank a mixture of white lead, copper oxide, and arsenic. Now, I don't really know what any of those are, but I imagine drinking they, one of them on its own is probably enough yeah, to kill a man. Also, yeah. who mixes them together and leaves it lying around I in front of a kid? Know, does this seem... A bit, this was as a kid as well? This is all as a kid, his, yeah. I, I'm getting the feeling his parents wanted that kid dead. Well, here's one. He fell into a cast iron frying pan. And I was trying to do some research on this. Um, it's either a cast iron frying pan or a burning stove. Either I don't know how you fall into a frying pan. Either way, he burnt half is his this, body. Is this kind of like a I walked into a door situation? I don't I know. Did his this, parents this try this and dead child. I don't know. He was hit on the head with a cobblestone, knocked unconscious and fell into a river and was only rescued when a passerby saw him floating face down in the oh water. Oh, no. And to go back to your early Looney Tunes comment... He Did was, an anvil fall on him? No, but no. he was standing in his father's workshop one day next to a barrel full of gunpowder. Oh, no. <laughs> that just exploded for no reason, <laughs> sending him flying across the room. So he is the wily e. Coyote of um, 19th century Belgium. Oh, God. <laughs> and we haven't even gotten to the saxophone bit now. Yeah, yeah. We're, how old is this kid at this point? Um, well, he's still a kid when all of that happened to him, I think. Okay. But then when he became a young man, uh, he started inventing musical instruments. And um, 
he entered a lot of competitions in Belgium, uh, musical instrument making competitions. Okay. I don't know that was a thing, but I guess it was all the rage sure back then. Sport. And uh, he, he, they never gave him the gold medal. So it is a bit like Aww. sports. There's gold medals, but they apparently wouldn't give it to him because he was too young. And they said, if you give you a gold medal, you'll have nothing left to strive for. And it totally pissed him off. And he was really mad because yeah. he was like, I'm the best. And so why are you not giving me the prize for being the best? I and mean, it, yeah, fair. At one of these exhibitions, at one of these um, uh, these competitions uh, is when he, at one of these, sorry, at one of these competitions was where he entered the first ever saxophone. 1841 but it couldn't compete in the competition because he left it unguarded and some guy kicked it across the room and damaged it oh dude this this now this be, this became something of a theme for poor adolf sax because oh. um, he got so annoyed with the with belgium that he moved to paris where he started a musical instrument factory and uh did very well for himself okay. became a big deal became a big hit everyone loved his instruments but he was so popular, all the other musical instrument makers in Paris hated him. So no. they formed their own group, the United Association of Instrument Makers. From what I can tell, their sole purpose was to completely fuck with Adolf Sachs his entire life to try oh. and destroy him. Hence, oh, dear. <laughs> the League of Evil Musicians, which is what I'll be calling them from now on. League of Evil Musicians. That, no, they are. Okay. United, United Association of Instrument Makers. I'm not sure what that is in French, but they, all they did, every other musical instrument maker in Paris, they all got together and just tried to take him down for his entire life. Okay, there's got to be more to that story. They wrote slanderous new paper articles about him. Uh, they accused him of insanity. They sued him with frivolous lawsuits for pretty much his entire life, and it drained all of his money and no. bankrupted him on a couple of occasions. They tried to steal his instruments from him and take credit for him. They once got an entire orchestra to boycott his musical instruments. They went, an entire well, orchestra? Yeah, they got this, the orchestra and they just, they, they got them to go, if, 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 you, if you use any sax instruments, we won't play. And they boycotted an opera. And so he wasn't allowed to use his instruments in this opera. Oh, no. They just hated him. Is, is there any kind of particular reason for this? I don't know, because some people liked him. And people liked his instruments. But these guys hated him, and I guess he didn't back down from a fight because he used to challenge these guys to duels. Nice. But with a twist, they were musical duels. Musical duels. Which he always so he won, apparently. It was basically kind of like a, a, a instrumental rap battle equivalent sort Something of thing. Something like that, just on Amazing. the street. These guys in the 1840s with their big top hats or whatever they had back then, he's like, okay, draw. Whips out a saxophone, plays a solo, just crushes the other guy. Quick sidebar, not sure, sure if I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this in, but I've actually been uh, reading up a bit on duels re recently. And, and by that, I mean I had a, a, a brief uh, play and it didn't end well um, and ended up just listening to the... Uh, story. the <laughs> story for another time. <laughs> story for another time. I uh, just ended up listening to the Hamilton soundtrack on repeat and just crying for three days because that's how I deal with things. And apparently 90% um, of duels just kind of ended when the seconds... There, there was, I don't know what, what it was like in France, but in America, apparently the convention was um, you appointed a second and the two seconds got together before the duel and talked. And apparently 90% 90, 90 of the time it was, well, my best mate is being an arsehole. Your best mate is being an arsehole. 
let's iron this out between us and just try and get give them something that makes them both happy. And I feel like we should bring that back. I, I feel like a couple of death by, deaths by dueling might be, be worth that kind of conflict resolution. Uh, yeah, it doesn't appeal to me because um, you're just going to get a lot of dickheads starting duels. Okay, that's it. You and me, duel in the morning. And then go, ah, my second, he'll take care of it. Yeah. I think it just encourages dickish behavior. This is true. I'd rather just shoot a guy. Yeah. I, I don't know. So, so yeah, don't, don't piss off Brian um, <laughs> is, is the moral of this story. Also, the Hamilton soundtrack no, no, never just, gets No, off. I'll just internalize it and be extra nice to you. Okay, cool. Cool. Is that where all the rage on stage comes from? It's coming from somewhere, yeah. I think yeah. it's my inability to, to have a confrontation with anybody. Okay. It's something. I'm working something out. Fair, fair. I'm glad, I'm glad it's working out for you and for the audiences. Anyway, so um, the the Unite, the League of Eagleville Musicians <laughs> has called, it in for, for Adolf Sachs. Who I hope, yeah. Did he die before he realized how unfortunate that name was? Adolf. Yeah, because that um, just kind of feels like a kick in the teeth at that point. Yeah. Um, no, he 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 did die uh, long long before that. But you 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 must. It must have just been like Barry back then. You know, yeah, fair, perfectly. Fair, perfectly okay. If you look back through history, there's so many of them that it must yeah. have just been a perfectly nice yeah. name. He, he died and, before all the un- unpleasantness. Yes, and I maybe it, it is a nice name, but you'll you'll never know because you yeah. can't disassociate we, we, it with that you can't reclaim that that ship has t- sailed a long time ago you know it's like the hitler mustache yeah was i mean it was really the charlie chaplin mustache oh. also the oliver hardy mustache i think everyone had it Char- charlie chaplin was kind of a sex symbol for a bit wasn't he how, how many women do you think felt really or, or men or anyone how many people do you think felt really really awful about Thoughts they'd have once once it became the Hitler mustache. <laughs> if that was your thing, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was, okay, how do I how do I work this into the bedroom conversation? <laughs> anyway, um, so musical duels, musical duels. Yeah, apparently he always won the duels, but he didn't deter the league. Unfortunately, he he landed a lucrative contract to make. In musical instruments for the French military marching bands. Amazing. Oh, he made all of the instruments. They were all sax instruments. Is this I mean, where the sax accounting comes in? I don't think so. No, he just made like all the different instruments for the French marching bands. Um, but that was for the king, King Louis the whatever. And mm-hmm. then the French Revolution came along. And then when the Republic lads were in, in charge. So this is all... the, the second revolution. This I don't know which one it was, but... Um, was it the Bourbons? Not not sure. I don't know. There's so many revolutions and multiple Napoleons. They just keep coming around again. And, you know, I don't really, hey. I can't keep track of them. I know that that, he, that it was a monarch gave him the contract for the marching band, but then his his enemies went uh, to the the Republic rulers after the revolution and got mm-hmm. them to take the contract away. And and then, but later when France became an empire, he sacks went back again and he got um, all his instruments reinstated by Napoleon. Okay. So Napoleon's that, a fan. That worked out for him. Um, but the, the lawsuits was a big thing. He was okay. constantly in court trying to defend himself. One of the lawsuits maintained that the saxophone didn't actually exist. 
which he won by producing a saxophone. They didn't really think that one through. So, well, I, I don't know, maybe this... So the point of the exercise seems to be just waste this fucker's time and money. And money, yeah. Yeah. And just, just, just grind the them down. saxophone doesn't exist. Yeah, and after that, then, they claimed that the saxophone, pretty much the opposite of that, that it did exist and had existed for years, and that he couldn't patent it because it already existed. And they got lots of... Uh, saxophones delivered from other countries to mm-hmm. prove their, their their case. But what they'd done is they'd taken his saxophones, sent them off to places like Switzerland For and God's Austria. Sake. They filed his name off the thing and got other people to put their names on it and send it back and go, look, someone else invented this. Why did they hate this they fucker just so hated much? Him. You can't help but think there must have been something odious about his personality. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a fan of, you know, nobody... Nobody deserves to be bullied, mm. you know. But uh, you gotta, you gotta wonder at that point why are you hated enough to have someone claim your instrument does not exist in court for the sole purpose of just fucking with your wallet and your patience. <laughs> he got so mad at this that he 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 um, withdrew his patent application, and he said, "Okay, if you guys think you can invent a saxophone." Invent a saxophone. Go ahead. I'll wait. You have Fair. a year. And he waited <laughs> for wait. a year. No, he waited for a year and no one else was able to come up with a saxophone design to give to the patent office. So a year later, he applied, he reapplied, and he got the patent and he owned his own saxophone instrument then. Hey, happy and, ending. And it was yeah, all plain sailing for the whole rest of his life. Only kidding. Oh, they no. set fire to his factory. They did what? They burned his factory to the ground. They hired thugs to beat him up. And someone actually shot his assistant with a pistol, thinking it was him. Whoa! They tried to assassinate him. They tried to... Okay. <laughs> Musical rivalries in 1800s France. Very intense. They burned his factory they to the ground. burned his factory. <laughs> He, Whoa. he climbed back apparently like he um, uh, he built his business up from scratch and mm-hmm. by the 1850s he was back on top again um, and then a big tumour started to grow on his lip oh dear and it got so big he couldn't even eat he had to eat through a tube oh no I doubt he could play the saxophone I don't know but I'd like to watch him try it really sounds like his parents pissed off a witch or something. <laughs> and this is uh, this is fairy tale levels of unfortunate. Yeah, it grew. This I don't know what it was, how big it was, but like a big grapefruit on his lip. Oh no! And he had the option to have it removed, uh, but he would. They'd have to remove his lip and his jaw. So he but he wouldn't be able to play no, his own instrument, no. would he? He decided then to get oh. treatment from a new age Indian doctor who treated him with some herbs, and the tumor went away. Oh, it completely went away. Okay. Um, but uh, his troubles weren't really over then. Uh, he he was doing badly financially, so a friend lent him a large sum of money. Okay. But then the friend died, and the friend's kid sued him, saying, no, no, that was only oh, a loan. You have to pay it back. So, and he lost that case. So he had to pay back all the money that his friend gave him as a gift. And then he had no oh. money. And he died in 1894. I think he was quite poor. And But the sad part is that... The, the, the sad part is now? This is the sad part, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God, okay. Is that the saxophone didn't really catch on as a classical music instrument. No. So he was worried, 
And when he died, he thought that his saxophone was going to fade away into obscurity and no one would remember his wonderful instrument. And one year later, jazz was invented. One year after he died. <laughs> yeah, the general consensus is that jazz started in 1895. So, oh. And of course, saxophone is synonymous with that. And they went on to be in blues and rock and roll and then was in pop songs really up until the 80s. Good Lord. <laughs> oh. And he didn't get to see any of that. Poor old Adolf. Poor old Adolf. The little ghost. The little ghost. Oh, no. You got to... You got to think that the magistrate or whatever in all these lawsuits was just sick of looking at the fucker at that point. <laughs> you know, just, just 18th century French magistrate going, oh, not this again. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, at least we'll have it over by lunchtime because we all know this is going to be just a gigantic waste of everyone's time yeah. and patience. But yeah, no, that is that is pretty bizarre. Um, I... A little bit of a bummer, but we all have the image now of a saxicanon. Mm. So that's a uh, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> Just think of Gonzo well, the Great Command of a saxicanon. Uh, I, I thought that would be I <coughs> that was kind of uh, right up your alley for this yeah. kind of podcast. It really, it really is. I did, I did. That is that is actually the first story that's made me literally go. They did what now? Yeah. So, so yeah, that that very much that fits the theme. And wow, okay, I I am very glad I know that because next time I have a really shit day, I'm gonna I'm gonna think. Well, I am not Adolf Sax. <laughs> you know, it, it may it may feel like God Himself is out to get me, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe your troubles are only just beginning, and the anti MJ League is forming as we speak. We know that's not that's not the case. I'm just gonna leave that those few seconds of silence <laughs> in there while I panic about all the group chats that are maybe being set up, where people are just. Well, uh, <laughs> we won't go down that road. Okay, so Brian, we we've established neither of us are are sports fans. What what do you know or feel about the sport of handball? Um. I'll be honest with you, I'm piecing it together from the words hand and ball. Yes. I'm picturing volleyball, mm -hmm. which it isn't. No. Right. I'm picturing the beach volleyball scene from Top Gun. Um, uh. Uh, that's my, yeah. So, yeah, which, um, right, um, so it's not volleyball. It's handball. It's handball. So yeah. unlike the beach volleyball scene in Top Gun, people don't do the high five where they walk towards each other, high five, and then as they walk past, their hand flips down and they do a down low as they're passing. I'm going to be honest, I, I didn't watch any handball while I was rehearsing this story. So I, I, I have a very limited understanding of how this all works. Yeah, I've always um, wanted to pull off the Top Gun volleyball high five but i think i'd probably just injure myself yeah i'd, I'd definitely fall over <laughs> I, I i again uh adolf adolf Sachs levels of clumsiness <laughs> um but this is a really wonderful story um courtesy of ollie reardon actually who is apparently a gold mine for this shit uh we have an episode uh of him uh, or with him up at the moment. Uh, yeah, I've heard that. It's great. Yeah, so so check that out if you like World War II stories and dead people <laughs> trying to sue things. Um, 
So this is uh, a story about the Sri Lankan handball team of 2004. Uh, the secret Sri Lankan handball team of 2004 and how they nearly caused an international uh, an international kerfuffle with Germany. When you say secret, secret that handball that, team, was that, that because handball is outlawed in Sri Lanka or was there a regular handball team and they were like a secret handball team? The, no. this, is, this isn't a, a sort of handball, footloose sort of situation. <laughs> um, but then there was no handball team in Sri Lanka. Um, so this happened in 2004. This is, um, I, I'm, I'm always, I try to be kind of careful um, when I'm talking about other countries' history, particularly stuff we, we wouldn't be, again, stuff that I, I would have never studied before. And I, I know the last time I was a little flippant about it, I did basically shout at the entire population in diaspora, of the Ukraine, come at me, bro. Um, but genuinely, uh, I'm aware that I'm not an expert on this topic. And if anyone has more correct information, uh, do do hit us up on on Twitter or, or whatever. I will listen. <laughs> that, um, being said, <laughs> that, that being about said, you're now about to laugh. That being said, I may be bit butchering Sri Lankan <laughs> history right now. Um, so, uh, from. 1983 until 2002, uh, Sri Lanka was in the midst of uh, a civil war uh, when the uh, Liberation Tigers of Tamil Elam, also known as the Tamil Tigers, and uh, began began fighting for an independent homeland in uh, in northwest Sri Lanka. And um, now a lot of this we can lay at the foot of the Brits, and um, who had a very it's not that tensions weren't there before, but they did have a very divide and conquer strategy and um, during colonialism because well, of course they did it's so what they do best it is what they do best fucking up other people's countries is exactly what they do best yeah so, although it is keep uh, on trucking there's a certain sense of satisfaction watching britain colonize itself at the yeah moment. it's fun it's fun yeah. until you realize that uh you know we, yeah. we we had we had that little bit of a tiny bit of a civil war ourselves and mm. um, that we we don't want to go back to and the uh, the kerfuffle, um, the, the great <laughs> oops, the well, great. I mean, we, we called it the troubles. Yeah, I mean, I mean we, we had the troubles, and we called World War Two the emergency. <laughs> so why not call it the the, kerfuffle? the next one? Is the kerfuffle or the or the yeah, the unpleasantness? Um, so um, a ceasefire was agreed in uh, in two thousand two, and the hostilities had had ceased before two thousand four. Um, but you know, we're still dealing with kind of a post civil war society and Sri Lanka actually hasn't had a better welfare system than I assumed it did when I started researching. But again, th- things aren't good. Um, like free, there was free secondary school education, but only, I think about 26% of schools usually in quite rich areas had science education equipment. Um, you know, 64% of young job holders were recruited by friends and relatives when you're dealing with a situation where there had been sectarian and ethnic tensions. Mm. Certain people found it difficult to find work. Sri Lanka wasn't a very pleasant place to live for a lot of people at this time. And so, uh, unfortunately, yeah, uh, here is how the Brits specifically fucked Sri Lankan society up. And the... 
William Manning, who was the govern, uh, uh, governor of what was called Ceylon in those days, um, from 1918 to 1925. Sinhalese, which would be the ethnic majority, and Tamils uh, formed a Ceylon National Congress to try and pressure the colonial government into, you know, giving them rights mm-hmm. and treating them like human beings. Uh, Manning says, great idea, let's have a congress in, in Colombo that rotates between the two of these ethnicities. So... That was, um, you've also got consciousness raised by Hindu Tamils in, in resistance to people coming there and, and shoving Christianity down their throat. So, um, fuck the Brits in general, just, uh, fuck the Brits, but not a very nice place to live. Um, and a handball team's worth of people wanted out. Oh, okay. A handball team, team's worth of people wanted out and were unable to get visas. So... I, I tried to dig in a little bit. We don't know anything about these people and their backgrounds because they they crafted entirely new identities in order to escape. They couldn't get visas, but there was a sports exchange program with the Germans mm-hmm. at the time, set up in 1989. Um, they, I think they actually did some work in Northern Ireland as well. Uh, it was this whole thing of let's bring people from different backgrounds together so they can play sports and, you know, yay. Mm. Uh, j- just kind of encourage them to, to see each other as people and teammates. A pretty pretty good program. Um, so these people just completely took advantage of this, uh, which is great. They formed a handball team. Uh, now, none of them had ever played handball before. <laughs> was, it, was it handball specifically, you think, because that was the exact that amount was, of people that they had? Uh, that was what was on offer. That was the next tournament in, okay. in Germany. So th- this was all a, a master plan to just get these, these guys to Germany. Mm-hmm. Now, they didn't practice handball either because they were quite busy um, do, doing up fake passports and all the rest. I think a couple of members of the police were involved. Again, there's there's very little information on this, but there is um, there is a very good film uh, called Mansion, uh, which was I might be butchering the pronunciation on that. Um, an Italian director with some uh, Sri Lankan writers um, about about this whole thing, which is it's it's hilarious and delightful, and, and do watch it. It was made in two thousand and eight. Um, not sure how accurate it was, but these guys just went to Germany. And the thing is, they played every single handball game. <laughs> it was the first time they'd ever played it's it. It's the first time they had ever played hand, a handball, and they were competing against national teams. Oh my god, they, I really wanted to see that. They lost so very badly. That I, I couldn't find any footage of oh. them lo- losing. But that's because the first time, for the first time in my life, I'm interested yeah. in watching sports. Yeah, and they, I would and it's really not like there. to see that. But there's a delightful video of them. Uh, I, I'm, not even, I'm not making this up. There's a delightful delightful video of the fake Sri Lankan national handball team singing Shaggy's It Wasn't Me <laughs> on YouTube, which I am definitely uh, going to post in the uh, in the show notes because it is a joy. Um, <laughs> so the Sri Lankan team, God bless them, they, they stick it out. They, uh, they played every single game and then they ran the fuck away, into, stealing into the night. Um, yeah, uh, the guy who organized this program, the German Sports Exchange, his name was uh, Dieter During. Uh, and this is a direct quote from a BBC article. We initially thought the team had got lost in a nearby wood while jogging. Um, what's the second half of that? I cannot find the second half of that. I'm super prepared and, and wonderful. 
Um, but, but basically the thing was they didn't, they left their dirty laundry there, um, which, which this guy was just really pissed off about. And on that basis, he, he banned Sri Lankan teams from ever competing. Um, but the thing is, he then had to call the Sri Lankan government and go, hey, we lost your handball team. To which the Sri Lankan government responded, what <laughs> so this guy not only this guy expected to, to this guy this guy expected to just have an awkward conversation and he had to explain no these 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 people went to the trouble of setting up a fake handball team i just love the fact that they played every game mm. like they really they no idea how to play handball but they really gave it their all um, I'm a little bit annoyed that they didn't practice some handball beforehand. Like, if I was doing a, a handball heist, there'd be a montage of people pretending at least to play handball. Um, well, they were kind of busy crafting fake visas. I, suppose. I, don't, I don't know. Again, there's not a lot of information on the on these people. Right. Um, there were, I think, there were two handball courts in all of Sri Lanka at the time, um, so there wasn't a lot of opportunities, I mm. guess. Um, so. I just think that's a, that's a wonderful day to Watna story. Mm. Yes. And there wasn't a German handball team got stranded in Sri Lanka or anything no, like that. No, no, okay. no. They, They're it still would be there because cool they won't like come back a unless they send the other guys. No, um, but they they just stole away into the night, hopefully to to happy lives. Did they show up ever? No. <laughs> no, they're completely gone. They're, they've they've scattered to the wind. But here's a little bit of fun movie tri- trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, again, no idea how accurate that movie is um apparently uh, i read a couple of articles in sri lankan newspapers that said it was quite accurate in the way it portrayed life in in colombo but uh when they were shooting the movie in germany um one of the sri lankan uh actor an actor who was playing a cop in the movie also ran away (laughs) so yeah um that that's just kind of fun but uh my favorite part of all this is now handball is actually kind of big and sorry i don't know what what that does oh and so my favorite thing about this though um is handball is actually kind of big in sri lanka now (laughs) but is it proper handball or is is it just loads of teams running away yes no it's, it's it's proper handball um there's now 10 uh 10 handball teams from germany will be touring the country in 2019 um the the Sri Lankan uh, Handball Federation was set up in 2008, just four years after this. Um, they're going to be at the 2020 Olympics, and they've enlisted Serbian coaches because they're they're quite serious about about properly competing. Hmm. Um, so the the team plays at the South Asian Games. Look out for them at the 2020 Olympics. Um, handball is now a thing in Sri yeah. Lanka, where it never was before. Yeah. So um, catch them before they all escape. <laughs> I, I I have to uh the word the word escape there there's there's got to be something something quite problematic about <laughs> that um but yeah what whatever what whatever your your feelings are on on that situation it's just a wonderful story I mm. just love I just love the fact that they played every game and mm. they they actually kind of went you know we can't came this far we might as well play some handball right you know and uh yeah that that video of them all singing shaggy because it wasn't me is is absolutely delightful and i'd um i'd highly recommend that you watch it if you if you get a chance definitely okay so that's the sri lankan handball team um and i think that's it so what have we learned uh we have learned 
no matter how bad a day you're having, you can always say, at least I'm not Adolf fucking Sachs, <laughs> who's just, just the most unlucky person ever. Uh, that musicians in the 1840s were some petty bitches. Very petty bitches. And... Wasn't me. Wasn't me. <laughs> Handball really took off in Sri Lanka after 2004. Um, so there, there you have it. Uh, Brian, is there anything that you would like to plug? Well, I did my terrible movie show, Retrovision, a couple of weeks ago, and... Um, I was there! Yeah. I, um, I, taught, I basically tried to make everyone in the audience watch Frankenfish, which is simultaneously the best and worst movie of all time. Um, <laughs> and it was a hell of a ton of fun. And I cannot wait for the next one. Do you have uh, a, a date for it yet? Well, um, I, I have booked the room again for December 1st. Excellent. But I have not booked any acts. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, the, been... Any comedians in the audience, their ears have just pricked up. <laughs> spot, 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 mm. spot. Like those, like, you know, like those seagulls in Finding Nemo. Nemo. Why? Mm. Spot, spot. Um, but I'm hopefully, because the first one, I'd love, I really would like to get uh, to do more of them because the first one was it was such fun. It was really good fun. Oh, it was it was fantastic. You and knocked it out of the park. You were uh, like, I know. You were fantastic. Yeah, everyone was great. Every mm. everyone was was fabulous. It was a really fun night. Um, but no, we, we will both be at the Comedy Cellar on November 26th. So, yeah, I think that's it. We'll have social media details for Brian in the show notes, as well as a link to that fantastic video. Uh, thanks very much, and we'll talk to you next time. Cheers, MJ.